When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would say the coldest part is right at the top of the stairs when you get out the door. Oh, God. Because that's well, when the there's wind, still... When the wind is... Yeah, and you're like, I could just go... Yeah. Like, no one would know. I could yeah. turn around. I could turn around, <laughs> get rest, go home, have a fried egg. No one would be there. <laughs> That was author Daniel Handler, who's also a bay swimmer at Aquatic Park, and he's basically giving us instructions how to skip out on our bay swim, but it was too late. We did it, Heather. We swam in the bay. We did. It was fun afterwards. (laughs) A little scary beforehand. (laughs) Yeah. So once again, we're suffering for our listeners here. We rode every Muni line in one day. We've conquered our fear of heights on Sutro Tower. And now we swam in frigid San Francisco Bay on a very cold day, all so people will attend our book club event. (laughs) Yes. um, Bonnie Soy is the author of Why We Swim, and we wanted to interview her. So we figured, why not time our podcast with a swim in the bay? So um, we coordinated with her and met her at Aquatic Park on the bleachers, and um, fun was had by most. Yeah, I want to encourage people to swim in the bay. It was really this wonderful, like, San Francisco experience. It was also cold. I want to be honest about it. It was cold, (laughs) and it was hard. And, um, yeah, so, so we arrive... Bonnie's there with Kevin and Peter from Green Apple Books, two of our friends, so many friendly faces, and they give us a choice, either just swim in the bay at your leisure or attempt what sounded to me like a stunt from Mission Impossible 5. So um, it's good to see all of you. Yeah. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be scared. So we have two options. Yeah. One is to just get in here and swim as little or as much as you want. The other would be to walk out to the end of Muni Pier there, where the, we call it the wedding cake, and jump in and swim back to shore, which is about a 10-minute swim. It's up whatever you feel yeah, safe. Yeah, we want you to feel yeah. excited, comfortable, yeah. safe. <laughs> to be clear, they were suggesting jumping off what looked like, like a 20-foot pier and basically escape from Alcatrazing it back to the shore. I'm glad we went with the easy route, Heather. Me too. I was picturing um, sharks waiting for us underneath that giant pier. And I definitely want to try it again, but when we can actually pay the visitor's fee at either the South End Rowing Club or the Dolphin Club, because I really want to go to the sauna afterwards. Yeah, sauna, like I would have paid like $1,000 to get in one of those saunas. Instead, we're recording a podcast out um, on the Aquatic Park bleachers. But let's talk about our event. It's coming up Wednesday, November 17th at the San Francisco Public Library. We swam in the bay. You can come to your event. Um, It's a live, our first live book club, also with the Zoom option. Yes, we'll be on stage at the Corette Auditorium chatting with Bonnie about her book. We're trying to get some special guests. There may be some trivia. There may be some prizes. 
Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We're going to try and have the vibe that we've had, not just with our movie events, but also the first couple of book club events were wonderful. So if you're on the fence, register, come to our event. We're promoting the links on Twitter, and you can also find it at sfpl.org. Just go in their events page, buy the book at Green Apple or your favorite local indie bookstore, or get it at the library. Yes, the Green Apple guys brought a stack of books to Aquatic Park so that Bonnie could sign them. So there should still be signed copies at Green Apple Books. So we have a great interview coming up. We'll talk to Bonnie about the rivalry between the Dolphin Club and South End Rowing Clubs. And we'll talk about that time when I was struggling to return to shore and called Kevin Ryan of Green Apple Books for help when I was standing in four feet of water. (laughs) Uh, How many years, Heather, before I lived that one down? Many, many years. Bonnie Soy coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Bonnie Soy, welcome to Aquatic Park and to the Total SF podcast. I am so excited to be here with you both. Thank you. This is an important setting in your book, Why We Swim, um, and we just swam with you. So how are you feeling now? Are you, how are you on the cold scale? Um, I feel alive, and, and my oven is warmed thanks to the um, cold brew uh, Jameson shot that uh, <laughs> our friends at Green Apple so kindly bestowed upon us. I feel pretty good. How about you two? Yeah, I'm warming up. I, I'm, I was very cold when I was in there, uh-huh. uh, I'm not going to lie, but uh, uh, I feel good right now. I can't tell if I feel good because of the Jameson mm. shot, mm-hmm. because I, the, of the exercise, or because of like the cold to... It's all of it. It's, it's the whole all of it. gestalt of the, this place. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Well, thank you for urging us to get in. This is not something I would have ever chosen to do. Well, thank you for, for asking. I mean, I think this is... This is so magical. I'm just sitting here looking out at the water and all the people kind of going back and forth. And there's a dog. Several dogs. Several dogs swimming. And we've seen like this whole, um, you know, morning, different morning shifts kind of cycle through. And I think, you know, because people have started really swimming so much in COVID here um, that it's been really wonderful to see that rhythm kind of carry through. And More people. I didn't realize that. More people started yes, swimming here during yeah. the pandemic. Um, I was just talking, well, we had uh, our lovely Pete Mulvihill and uh, Kevin Ryan from Green Apple swimming with us this morning. They're the, they're the devout Southenders. And Pete was telling me that I think one of the days, Saturdays, he came down here during the pandemic. Um, you know, what you're seeing today is more normal, I think, in, in sort of pre-pandemic times. But he was saying that there were maybe 150 people in the bleachers and just buoys galore out there he said you could just like jump from one of one to the next like a raft on a warm day and he just thought this is so you know out of ordinary for for what they've experienced you know over time that's cool yeah so I have to ask are we the first you've done a full book tour um we got the paper back here and and it's our book club book but um are we the first people who have swam with you and recorded a podcast yes absolutely (laughs) you're number one in my book (laughs) so you mentioned south end and we are right next to the dolphin club and south end and um 
it comes up in your book, but I'm getting a little bit of a like a West Side Story, <laughs> Jets and Sharks vibe between <laughs> totally, South, South totally. End and Dolphin. Could you just talk to us a little bit about that dynamic? And are you a member of one or both? I am not a member of either club. And I think I made a conscious decision um, while I was reporting this book not to do that because when I was swimming with Kim Chambers, who is a member of both clubs uh, for this book, um, you know, she's the the world record holding um, swimmer who swam from the Farallons to San Francisco. And she's just this wonderful, um, you know, just singular human and, and an incredible swimmer, obviously. And so when I was... Um, swimming with her a bunch here for the book, she I would ask her, I said, you know, what what's the difference between the clubs? And we'd be standing on the beach over there. And I said to her, you know, what's the difference? And there were a couple of her friends from the South End, and she was coming out of the Dolphin Club at that time, and we were swimming out of the Dolphin Club. I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm, just, I'm quoting Kim, okay? okay. <laughs> this is not your fault. She said something like, um, uh, or maybe it was the, the folks on the beach, they said, like, Dolphin Club is more like parents and they follow the rules and then and then the south enders were like the frat the frat kids <laughs> are getting in trouble and are riskier i think was the the one of the words they use but it's in the book yeah so well we're extremely excited to have why we swim as our third total sf book club selection um how long have you wanted to write this book and how did it come to be that's such a good question. Um, I really thought about this book for many years before I decided that I could write it. I, you know, I, after so my previous book was American Chinatown, and that was a book that was a similar kind of love letter or labor of love. It, it was something that was part of my personal history. You know, my parents um, and my family both came through, both sides came through San Francisco and New York, New York Chinatown to this country, and I kind of wanted for my own knowledge and and just curiosity to feed that and and kind of tell stories of people um at different generations in five of the the major chinatowns in this country and in a similar way why we swim i mean i wanted you know people would ask me what what's your next book which is like a great and terrible question (laughs) that you know that people that writers are asked and and i I, I knew that if there was some other topic that could hold all of the things for me, it would be swimming because it's something um, that people who've read the book will know that it's it's both that my parents met in a swimming pool in Hong Kong and I spent my whole life swimming, um, different phases of that uh, and, and different roles that the water has played in my own life, but also just these wonderful, amazing stories. That it's a container to hold all of these great stories of other people you know character I don't find my my own swimming story that interesting but I wanted it to be a frame to hold um, the things that I wanted to find out the people that who I wanted to talk to and so in a similar way I kind of knew that 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 subject was big enough but of course that's not a book right swimming is not a book it's what what is the what is the investigation what is the structure what is the thing that you're trying to figure out and it took me a while it took me a few years of really thinking about it to um, figure that out Hmm. And like you said, your parents met at a swimming pool, and you talk a lot about swimming as a little kid. And mm-hmm. can you describe how your own early family memories fit into your love of swimming? Yeah, I mean, even just today, as we were standing here in the bleachers and then running down to the sand and then having our toes kind of lapped by that water, like I think of every time that happens, I think about being at Jones Beach on Long Island in New York. 
I'm back there because there's that similar sense of, and I think so many of us have that memory somewhere, right? That kind of similar memory of being at the edge of something, at the edge of a precipice is sort of how I describe it sometimes in the book, um, where you are ready to jump in, but you haven't done it yet. And actually Daniel Handler just said this to us. He said, you know, you're never the coldest or the coldest part of the swim is right before you get in and you you could always you could still turn around and not do it you just told us that right and i think um, he said you could go home and just make a fried egg and who would know yeah the the fried egg detail i really liked (laughs) because that 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 indicated to me that at least it happened once (laughs) i kind of want to eat a fried egg i know let's let's get breakfast sandwiches after this i think this is a this is a sign but yeah, that, that there is um, the push-pull, right? That the, the allure of the water is both that it is beautiful and dangerous, right? So I think that's the, a fundamental question that I explore in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you cover a lot of things in Why We Swim. Early history, survival, health, accessibility. Where did the research start? What, what was kind of the starting point for you um, when you decided to, to write the book? One of the things that I did in the beginning of Why We Swim was, you know, other than jotting down just sort of generally the things that intrigue me or the things I love about water or people I'd heard of, um, I just started talking. I I talked and talked and talked to people. And the more that those conversations, um, those conversations yielded a lot of fruit, even like years down the line, where they would tell me that their grandmother... Um, was an Olympian, you know, or that, you know, and or that um, they knew someone who had, you know, done some crazy swim or they just had. So I think that it's it's a good reminder as I'm talking to you both today that this is a this is a good place to be in where the invitation is open and I should just give it and take it, you know, um, to have those conversations. And, um, I mean, a lot of the stories in the book grew from say like pen pal relationships. I mean, the book, the whole chapter about, um, coach Jay and the Baghdad swim club that came because I wrote some piece in the New York times about swimming. And, and we should mention, um, hopefully everybody's read it or reading it, but literally swimming in one of Saddam Hussein's former palace pools. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's where this club was swimming. And I just, and I remember he wrote to me, that wasn't the first thing he mentioned. It was, it was in this back and forth email that we had, because he mentioned his mother about uh, being this um, lifelong swimmer and how she had, um, I actually love this detail. He said she had recently passed away, but she had discovered swimming, competitive swimming later in life. And he said when she died, she had plane tickets to Florida to the next like master's swim meet. Um, like national masters championships meet um, on her dresser and he said and he and this was like the happiest of memories for him because he said you know this to me meant that she was like looking ahead to the thing that she loved most to do but he's the one who then wrote back and I said oh that's so intriguing and then he said something about being in Baghdad and starting a swim club and I said you know (laughs) hold up you know sniff that out follow that trail and I I think those are the most rewarding moments right of of when you're trying to do something like this to find the specific little stories that become something bigger than they are we'll be right back after this short break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You went to Iceland and, <laughs> and there's this very mythical figure who kind of weaves throughout the book, Mr. Geo Lauger. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. <laughs> Good looker Fred Thorson. Yeah, shout out to your audiobook voice actors for, <laughs> for nailing all of the Icelandic names. Um, you went to Iceland. Tell me a little bit about this gentleman and what it meant for your book, because it's a starting point for your book, but you come back to it, and I feel, right. I feel like it's a this yeah. man almost becomes a theme Absolutely. You're so right. Um, this was a story, and actually this was fairly early on in the in the process of writing Why We Swim and researching it, um, where my husband told me the story of this fisherman, Gudlaugur Fred Thorsen, who in 1984, his fishing vessel capsized off the coast of Iceland, and everyone died except for him, and he ended up swimming six hours, six kilometers in 41 degree water um, back to his island. He followed the lighthouse light. And, and he knew this island very well. It's this tiny island, tiny town, a tiny island off the coast of a tiny country. And he, um, you know, in 41 degree water, you're, you, you or I would be dead within 20 minutes or so um, of hypothermia. And I'd be dead in five. <laughs> You'd be dead in 20. <laughs> max, max 20, 30 yeah. minutes. Um, and he, you know, he ended up um, reaching land crawling across lava field getting you know walking back to town getting taken to the hospital um they couldn't discern a heartbeat but his he had no signs of hypothermia and um he was only a little dehydrated he was totally fine so has there not been a movie about him there has been a movie about him (laughs) he played him it's called the deep um this icelandic actor um so so that's actually in the book where this Icelandic director, Paul, uh, Baltasar Kormakar, I think his name is. He's a big Hollywood director now, you know, directs like Denzel Washington movies and Mark Wahlberg movies. But he was a teenager when this happened, when um, Goodlicker's boat capsized, and he just was fascinated by it. Like, how does this guy survive? What does it take for someone to survive this, where everyone dies? And so the answer is that it's twofold. One, of course, is that he was... A very good swimmer and 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 swimming is mandatory in, in Iceland um, in terms of learning how to do it as part of your public school education and um, you know it's a, it's a it's an uh, it's a it's a it's a country of coastline you know mm-hmm. it's an archipelago it's it's um, a life at sea and a life around the water and so many people have drowned historically um, and also that he had his body fat was two to three times normal human thickness so they called him the human seal and he was able to keep his core body temperature you know stable so that he could keep swimming and you know you can imagine that this ha- this happened and then he was, it was this was news that boomeranged around the world tonight show with johnny carson called like all these journals were banging down his door they wanted to know what happened what was it like and, you know, we are obsessed with survival stories, right? We, we, as a species, love stories. And we also love stories that can kind of, like, take us to the edge. And then also when someone comes back from that, what can they tell us? But honestly, it's really what I discovered in um, reporting and writing that section of the book was, you know, 
a lot of it has to do with what we think he can tell us, what we want him to tell us. A, a lot of memorable characters in this book, and, and uh, he's probably number one. Yeah, so, and, and there's Olympians in this book. That's, <laughs> that's the guy I'm going to be thinking about, yeah. you know, yeah. decades from now. Well, you've been swimming all over the world. Is San Francisco a good swimming city? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you chose the spot well. I mean, we are looking at the tall ships and Alcatraz and the Golden Gate Bridge and the fog, and we can hear the lapping water. I mean, it's just, I love that we get to do this. Like, yeah. this is so special. And, you know, swimming around the bay, there's so many pools. If you like to swim in pools, um, hopefully you can get a spot now that they've reopened <laughs> largely. Um, you know, swimming at the, you know, at the beach, if you can, you know, if you can stand the, the rough water. I mean, it's really, it's, there are a lot of options around here. So if people want to do what we just did, and, and why wouldn't they? Uh, <laughs> we sold it well, I think. Yeah. How do you, I, I'm trying not to go like, it was so cool. It was so freaking cool. No, it was great. Um, how do you suggest they get started? What, what's the starting point if someone is reading your book or listening to this and is inspired mm -hmm. and wants to swim? It's such a good question. Um, I think two things come to mind um, when I'm asked that. And one is find a buddy. Find a buddy who is familiar with, say, aquatic park. I mean, I think aquatic park, if you want to start open water swimming, it is really one of the most, I mean, and we talked about this before we started swimming, is that there are so many, um, it, you, you have options. Well, I, I, will, I will preface this by saying that um, Pete, and Kevin from Green Apple suggested that we go to the end of Muni Pier and jump off and swim back here <laughs> as one of the options. Time. And I and I remember thinking, that sounds really fun. Also, I think that the part that would give me a heart attack is not the swim, but jumping off the edge of the pier. <laughs> yeah. Like, that looks kind of high. Um, I wouldn't have survived that. <laughs> I mean, let me actually, let me back up. I may have survived it, but it would have been involving one of you saving it. I would not have made <laughs> but it But look at these stand-up paddle. They could have helped us. That would have been <laughs> true. Yeah. Paddleboarders would, yeah. would have gotten um, me. Even, even here, there are certain things that you should know about the currents and um, how long you might want to start swimming for, you know, maybe five minutes at a time first, ten minutes at a time first, and just let your body acclimate to temperature and also just being comfortable in the conditions of when you're feeling like the current pulling you one way or another that you're you know I think just knowing you know what to expect is so much of the work to prepare and it takes away the fear factor right because you just you're prepared it's not about speed it's not about time it's about um being out here in this incredible place and feeling the feeling that we had when we got in, which was a little bit of like shock and thrill and awe and, and then coming out and feeling really like exhilarated and proud of yourself and you know, that you earned your whiskey and <laughs> cold brew and, um, and then getting to, to say to yourself forevermore that you did that. I mean, that's pretty fun. I, I'm in favor of the buddy system after yes. doing this. Mm -hmm. I went out and Heather was like a seal and then we got to a point I'm just like I better not go any further so I came back and I was struggling and uh, it felt so good seeing Kevin standing yes. there so at one point I just like to alert him I was like I think I might you know I might need a little help I, and he really <laughs> kindly said to me you're a lot closer than you think 
I think you can stand right now. <laughs> and then I did. I stood. And I was like, and then all of a sudden, I'm not kidding you. When I said that, he looked a quarter mile away. And when I stood up, he was like 20 feet from me. <laughs> so um, The telescoping vision is really something. It's you know? crazy. I, I don't know what it was. It was my goggles or um, I was going slowly insane. I was like Tom Hanks and Castaway. But uh, <laughs> is, is swimming in the bay, is that something people generally start with or are there kind of baby steps that lead toward there? What, what would you tell someone? Well, I think you should obviously have a basic level of swimming proficiency um, in that you can do it and feel safe doing it for a particular amount of time, whatever it is that you want to be swimming, right? And I think um, so that obviously is safest in a pool, but there are calm bodies of water, you know, calm places, calm coves that are, you know, in the East Bay, you know, I live in in Berkeley and um, I actually swam a bunch during the pandemic from Keller Beach in Richmond. So right off of Point Richmond, is it's near the um, the Richmond Plunge, um, and there was like this wonderful community that sprouted up there, like from that little beach um, swimming. And there's like a little um, post um, that a lot of people would swim to. That's a mile um, round trip as distance, but like if the current is pushing you one way or another, you could swim end up swimming a lot more. <laughs> but you know, to know that you know you get to know a place you get to know the conditions even when it's super choppy and there's a rip that you know that what's your escape route you know what's your and um you know to get outfitted property like properly you don't have to be starting in just your swimsuit you could swim in a wetsuit wetsuits and and getting you know the i'm seeing these folks here with their orange um buoys uh those are dry bags that you blow up and you can put your stuff in too so it's like you can keep your things with you people i know have taken those buoys and like made phone calls from the water <laughs> taking pictures from the water oh, that's cool. yeah so um i'll tell you though i'll tell you the one thing that i liked about being out there and, and i've swam in the past is that you can't make that phone call. I mean, it's the one place I'm like, there is no slack. Yes, there yes. is no slack alert in mm-hmm. the ocean. And as time goes on, it's, and this is a theme in your book yeah. too. As time goes on, it seems like we need that more and more because yes. we have it less and less. Yeah. I mean, that whole escape from connectivity is so important to me when I'm submerged. You know, you you could have your, yeah, I don't, I don't bring my phone with me out there. I don't, even if I wear a watch, it's just to, you know, see how long I've been in the water. Um, and, and sort of like for my knowledge of that, but like, that's about it. Like, I don't want to be, um, I don't want any other, you know, I think why, that's why swimming is so, is so wonderful for keeping you in the present. You're just attentive to the water. You're attentive to your body. You're attentive to your thoughts. I mean, you're alone with your thoughts in in the most terrifying and wonderful ways. Uh, and I think that's really good. I think that's really healthy. I think that we all feel better after swimming, either here in the bay or in the ocean or in the pool, because partly it's that cleansing of your consciousness. You know, you swim your way to blankness yeah you know i think that's why i do it well you survived our serious questions and now (laughs) it's time for the lightning round (laughs) and i know you live in the east bay so you can answer this anywhere in the bay okay where's your favorite place to get a burrito Ooh, um 
I really like uh, Cactus or Kamal. Those okay. are my go-tos. What is your favorite movie filmed in the Bay Area? Mm, I mean, we just watched Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> with the kids, <laughs> and I thought laugh. it was freaking hilarious. So <laughs> that's the one that's on the surface right yeah. now. Where's your favorite place besides these bleachers after a swim to get a stiff drink? <laughs> oh, um, I love the homestead. That's a real go-to for me. What was the last book you read? Oh my gosh, I just read um, Katie Kitamura's Intimacies, and I thought that was a brilliant book. It's a very slim book, but it's um, like diamond hard. Like every sentence is like perfect. Wow. And since you mentioned in the podcast that you know what your next book project is, (laughs) what is your next book project? (laughs) My next book project is going to be about muscle and the body and movement and I am looking to kind of apply a similar approach that I did to why we swim on all of those questions of muscle and movement in the body like sort of cultural and scientific exploration of you know what is the meaning of muscle um you know all you know we we talk about all of these phrases like you know flexing and practicing and using your x y and z muscles which have nothing to do with actual physical muscles but it's about ability it's about practice it's about strength do you have do you have a name why we flex that's what i was just <laughs> my gonna son say you stole my that. joke yeah Peter. my son wanted because it could just be like a series it could yeah, be a franchise yeah. he really <laughs> likes that um so far our working title is department of muscle oh nice yeah we'll see we'll see if why we flex will fly <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite swimming stroke Oh, I love butterfly, um, but I can only sustain it for so long. Um, my best stroke is breaststroke. What is the coldest temperature you've ever swam in? Um, I did a very brief plunge swim in that I, my feet left the ground um, in 45 degree water in Iceland. Oh my God. But that was just to kind of feel what, what is it like to be in that kind of water. It was terrible. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'm not going to try. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen swimming or surfing? I mean, I see a lot of gross trash floating around, but I feel like that's not a nice thing to think about. You know, I've seen whales and dolphins. Actually, in the lineup the other day, there was a pod of dolphins. Aww. I mean, really so special. And they came so close, and they were surfing, and there were babies, dolphin babies. Oh, I thought wow. that was really special. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? coffee <laughs> with Jameson not always with Jameson but today was extra special <laughs> I did it for you well thank you so much for joining us and if we don't see you before we will see you on November 17th at the main library's Caret auditorium everybody should sign up on the library's webpage. Yeah, 6 p.m. start live and virtual you get your choice although tickets could sell out um, and register at sfpl.org Wednesday, November 17th. I'm, we're so looking forward to it. We're so glad we get to work with you. Me too. Thanks so much, Peter and Heather. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think 
at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 